Hello and welcome to Women of the Middle East podcast. This podcast relates the realities of Arab women and their rich and diverse experiences. It aims to present the multiplicity of women's voices, and it wishes to break cultural stereotypes about women of the Middle East, as well as educate and empower the younger generation of Middle Eastern women who were stripped of their historical reference and weren't necessarily raised to believe in their agency and power to create their own destiny. I'm Amal Malki. I'm a feminist, scholar, and educator. I'm also the author of Arab Women in Arab News, Old Stereotypes and New Media. I created this podcast to be an extension and an update of the book and its main topics. Hello uh, to all listeners from the different parts of the world. I got to know that many follow Uh, from Europe, from uh, the Americas, and of course from the Middle East. Um, I have a special announcement for you. Uh, Given the fact that I've been very, very lazy in uh, posting or uploading new uh, episodes, what I've decided is to make it up to you by uh, posting uh, an episode every two weeks till the end of the summer. Uh, as you know, we have been bombarded by online events this year, but I am selecting uh, one event that is special to me and that I've actually participated in and enjoyed participating in. As you know, International Women's Day is uh, a day of celebration. It should actually be 365 days of celebration, but let's let's not go there. As a speaker, I've been really spoiled for choice. Was invited to multiple events, local and international. If even local and international as classification make any sense anymore to the virtual, you know, the world uh, we live in. But I mean by local and International is those events were originated by local and international entities. One of the events I participated in is uh, through executive women who organized their first digital uh, edition of Empower Now on March 22 and 23 this year to 2021. This forum included a collage of amazing women showcasing their expertise underneath four main topics or themes. Social impact, leadership, entrepreneurship, digital transformation, and I was one of uh, the speakers underneath social impact. So I've uh, collaborated with Executive Women and Empower Now Forum to bring to you four Uh, interventions underneath the social impact uh, panel. Although I'm only bringing uh, the four interventions underneath social impact, I really encourage you to listen to the rest of the recordings underneath the rest of the themes. There are really excellent, excellent speakers across these uh, themes, such as Susan Furness, uh, Noha Hefni, Renoir Khouri, just to mention a few. So I encourage you also to check uh, and learn more about Executive Woman uh, through visiting their website, executive-woman.me. Once we're back uh, after summer, and I hope you all Have a wonderful summer uh, for those who are vaccinated and are able to travel or those who are not vaccinated and are uh, still within uh, uh, 
their spaces, uh, hopefully their uh, safe spaces. After we come back, I will post a couple of uh, very interesting interviews that are ready, actually, and which I think you will really like because they feature young uh, women from the Middle East uh, tackling a couple of very interesting themes as well. Uh, One is generation equality and the other one is intersectional feminism. So how about we begin first intervention from the social impact panel with uh, mine uh, on feminist leadership. And Dr. Amal Naikin, thank you for joining us all the way from Qatar. Thank God for technology who has really um, made all the borders open and uh, enabled all of us to access this wonderful event wherever we are in the world. Dr. Amal Malik, it's a pleasure to welcome you. You are the founding dean of the College of Humanities and Social Sciences uh, at Hamad bin Khalifa University, and you are also the founder of Women of the Middle East podcast, and we welcome you today to speak about gender balance and how we can use gender balance and build in balanced communities. I think this is really a dear topic to my heart personally and to a lot of our audience. The stage is, is yours. Thank you. Thank you, Hanan, so much. It's lovely to meet you all, albeit virtually. Uh, hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll meet uh, one day. Um, I'm uh, very happy to be here today as well, and um, it's not the first time I, I um, uh, participate in executive women conferences, although this is the first time we do it online. Um, I enjoyed uh, the, the talk of uh, my colleagues, um, and uh, Rita's talk in specific, uh, touching on feminine leadership, and I think this is where I'm going to take it and build on it. So uh, mm-hmm. yes, I'm a big, I'm a true believer in, in feminine leadership, and uh, which which I believe is an ethical leadership as well. And um, I want to talk more about feminist approach towards envisioning future balanced communities post COVID-19, uh, and how gender equality and, gen- and gender justice can be key factors in creating a more resilient, more balanced communities that will not only recover from the devastating impacts of the global pandemic, but also our abilities to plan for a better future. Um, I believe that in adopting an intersectional feminist approach towards the future, we ensure that no one is left behind. The multiple oppressive layers uh, of injustices that women are subject to, such as uh, you know, class, uh, race, uh, sexual orientation, and more, are addressed. Um, this uh, future perspective uh, through feminist lenses isn't the only intersect isn't the only intersectional, but also inclusive. It widens the scope of what is considered women's issues in light of the reality that women's issues are human issues. And thus embedding gender equality and gender justice in the overall discourse about discourse about social justice and equality. Um, therefore, we saw the same women who were fighting um, against sexual harassment, uh, for example, during the Me Too movement, uh, supporting yeah. the Black Lives Matter too, marching, you know, um, uh, against racism, uh, because race is also a main factor of oppression for women, just like anyone else. Uh, we also witnessed mainstreaming feminist movements supporting disability rights, um, fighting displacement, and fighting global climate crisis, for example. For example, we've got um, uh, Vandana Shiva. Uh, she's an eco-feminist and activist from India, 
who has published more than 20 books and has worked to raise awareness about how environment degradation impacts women. One of her famous quotes is, and I quote, we are the earth, uh, we are either going to have a future where women lead the way to make peace with the, with the earth, or we are not going to have a human future at all. Uh, and of course, we cannot forget Greta Thunberg's uh, outcry not to hijack the future of the younger generation. Uh, feminist future also builds um, feminist economies that take into consideration the well-being of children, women and men in local and global communities. Feminist economy looks at every work as a valued type of work that contributes to the economy directly or indirectly. Feminist future engages with politics, right, through practices based on ethics, morality, um, in this case, for example, feminist ethics of, of care and responsibility redefines the ethical um, leadership. Um, and this is where, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with Rita. Uh, it redefines what ethical leadership looks like and strips it away from its dominating masculine traits. You know, I don't have to be like a man to be a good leader, right? I can still be rational and, and an empath or rational and compassionate. So a living example of this uh, kind of leadership is... Um, uh, Jakanda uh, Andron, uh, the, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who has led with compassion, uh, empathy and honesty, and her strong leadership during COVID-19 is exemplary. Um, and, and there are more. Um, in summary, this future we envision will need to redefine concepts in order to change the norms associated to these concepts. Needs to look at gender equality and gender justices within the social justice framework and promote balanced communities for all. But why, why do we need a feminist approach to the future? Is it because we're feminists and we want to rule? Definitely not. No. Uh, and are we saying that realities are already gendered and imbalanced, that it needs to be, you know, looked at differently? Well, take the recent global pandemic, and let's focus on the gendered impact of COVID-19. No doubt the pandemic had devastating effects globally, yet the weakest were hit the most, and inequalities between nations as well as people were exposed and moreover exacerbated. Let me focus on gender-based uh, inequalities exposed by the fragility of our systems. First of all, the first exposed point of fragility is our care system that is highly gendered. So care work okay, is a large portion of what we, women, do and expect it to do, right? Including mm -hmm. domestic work, looking after children, elderly, elderly parents, sick family members or members with special needs. Uh, care work comes under unpaid work that is critical for the paid work to happen. This is not ge just gendered, but also touches on race and class, with the wealthier being able to subcontract such work to poor women, okay, usually from you know, a different, definitely poorer uh, class, but also sometimes ra different racial class, who won't be able, those women won't be able to take care of their own children and parents. We've heard, of course, horrific stories that emerged uh, during COVID-19 about domestic workers who, um, who were mainly women, uh, some being uh, belong to racial uh, minorities, and um, who were kicked out, left alone with no money, no shelter. And it's from different parts of the world, but also from our uh, part of the world. Um, this system of gendered care work perpetuates gender roles 
and creates a huge imbalance in our societies. A recurrent story of the pandemic is how women's work has multiplied with children, be children being at home, um, usually some were studying from home and some with husbands at home, and some uh, you know, taking care of elderly parents. Some have left their paid jobs and, and there are cases that I know personally, some have lost their source of income by being fired or you know lost their jobs but others have worked continued to work like most of us from home and you know their caregiving responsibilities have doubled and tripled so um i want to um, talk about a policy paper entitled economic justice and rights uh, rights women in the arab region that states uh, that unpaid child uh, uh, care work results in women spending almost five times more hours than men on unpaid care work. A 2015 study, and this is before Corona, you just can imagine you know, how the numbers have, have grown. Uh, the 2015 study showed that about 91% of the females in both Egypt and Palestine perform un unpaid activities, such as household activities and caring for children and elderly, compared to only 26% of men. And the survey notes uh, that the domestic unpaid work burden of married women does not decrease when they join the labor um, market. You know, they're still supposed to do both. Women in Lebanon spend an average of 60 hours per week on unpaid household related activities such as child care, cooking and, and cleaning. So this pandemic has shown the degree of fragility of the care work system and the need to acknowledge and address this invisible and unpaid work. We need to find ways of having it paid and divided to reflect the fact that it is the responsibility of the community as a whole and the government, you know, as well, not only women. Um, Oxfam and the recent report uh, that was published um, end of 2020, Feminist Futures, Caring for People, Caring for Justice and Rights states that we must develop a new collective voice, agency, leadership and practice that is compassionate and transformative. We must invest in econo economies that are inclusive and protect human rights through fairness, equality, feminist approaches and sustainability. We must redefine social solidarity through budgets that prioritize health, education, peace and apply fiscal justice for the enjoyment, protection, enhancement of people's rights and freedom. Second point is the breakdown of social structures allowing for gender-based violence uh, to increase and to be called by the UN a shadow pandemic. Now, even before COVID-19, uh, one in three women were subject, subject to violence. During COVID, we witnessed an increase in the numbers of cases of violence against women and the numbers of calls to domestic violence hotlines all around the world. But also bear in mind that many cases went um, unreported. Yes. Um, but thanks to social media, okay, some mm -hmm. of these cases were exposed, especially from our part of the world. We've seen horrific, horrific stories coming from every part of the world, really. Um, Oxfam report 2020 that I referred to states that the economic insecurity, lack of mobility, uh, and perceived loss of control by men leads to the use of violence as a tool of reasserting power and dominance in the home. While so, uh, society excuses the violence as part of domestic life in times of crisis or in times of stress. 
Victims of abuse and violence were not able to seek or obtain help, as some of the social and legal services have been interrupted during lockdowns. While this also exposed the fact that some Arab countries didn't have any services to begin with, had few or no shelters, had no hotlines, and had no medical, legal, or psychological services available. Not to mention that what, what refugee women must have uh, gone through, or women in conflict zones like Yemen, Syria, Iraq, and Palestine. The gender-based violence took a virtual um, uh, form as well. Uh, we witnessed a, an increase uh, in uh, online violence against women in the Arab states. Now, third and finally, I'll summarize some of the points mentioned in the impact of COVID-19 on gender equality in the Arab mm -hmm. region that assesses the, the, the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on women and gives you an idea about other um, fragilities that women went through. And the healthcare, for example, women dominate the healthcare systems in the Arab world as nurses, midwives, and support staff, making them more vulnerable to contracting COVID-19. Women receiving limited or no sexual or reproductive services mental and psychological stress and pressure on women, the, the traditional caregiver were not mentioned and were not stressed as well. Financially, women will lose over 700,000 jobs. Poverty, unemployment, unpaid labor increased and domestic workers are left vulnerable. Other negative impact cover lack of access to internet and therefore they were deprived from sources of communication sources of information and of education, because education went online too. So yes. nearly, nearly half of the female's population of 84 million is not connected to the internet, nor has access to mobile phones. So um, I conclude um, by emphasizing that we need a feminist future that is based mm -hmm. on intersectionality, inclusiveness and feminist ethics to build sustainable, just and balanced communities. How would we do that? I think by, you know, this this venue is a lovely one because I'm an academic, you see people from academia, feminists from academia, feminists from the business world, from feminists from the political world. It needs really lots of um, um, collaboration to be done. Thank you. So we come to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's worth mentioning that the moderator on the social impact uh, panel is uh, Hanan bin Khalouq, who is the founder of Tawazun, uh, founder of Lean in Arabia, and the executive director of Sustain Leadership. I'll leave you and I'll uh, connect again in two weeks uh, with the second intervention from the panel, and it will be by Rida Anani from Beirut from Lebanon and her intervention um, is uh, about gender-based violence. She is the founder and director of Abad, Abad in Arabic, uh, which is a resource um, organization that works on GBV, gender-based violence matters, uh, and I bet you'll enjoy her talk as well. Uh, until next time, stay safe and take care.